Hey, Stanford, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good as well. I'm, so we are tonight, we are doing a podcast on wishes. Mm, we are indeed. We are talking about what happened when you get your wish fulfilled. Is it kind of like a magical thing? Is it, is it just pure luck or is there actually skills in the reality? Mm. Remember how, how this come in to our topics that are, you know, choosing our topics. It was, I think we've both seen a movie recently, haven't we? Called 3000 Years of Longing. Yeah. And there, there is this beautiful, beautiful story where a really knowledgeable and beautiful woman found a gin, like a genie in a bottle. Mm. They kind of just explore these stories about roughly, you know, give and take 3000 years of different people wishing for things and how the gin is trying to Either well, one encouraged him to wish for things because he has his wish on his own, but also what happens afterward. Because there's there's a there's a metaphor behind this as well, isn't there? Because you've got these you've got a lot of these stories which are, you know, on the one hand you've got a um, you know you've got you've got a kind of like a, a a genie in a way this idea of a genie this this thing that grants a wish which poses a question, you know. When you've got a genie, when you've got this kind of the, the luck of finding a bottle, you know, because to actually get a genie in a bottle, it, it's kind of lucky, isn't it? In a way, there's got to be some kind of luck involved. Or is it chance? Or is it actually destiny? Or is it fate? You know, or is it, you know, that there was a choice or wasn't a choice that actually what occurred in that first instance is that, you know, in order for you to get set yourself up into that situation, yeah. Or maybe it's just the randomness of life. It just happens. Yeah, but I can attribute numbers of things to that randomness in life, can't I? I can actually turn around and based on my perspective, I can turn around and say, well, actually, you know, it was meant to be. Mm. You know, and here I am with these with these three wishes. And so for me, what this starts to do is it starts to look at this idea about what you know, because we have wishes and, and they what they do is they there's a power within those wishes, isn't there? So there's an aspect of power and there's aspects of capacity as well. You know, because if you think about this, you've got this metaphor of this genie, this bottle, you've got so you've got power, you've got capacity to change the future, to actually manipulate the material world and the manipulation of the material world. What is that done with? Is it done with, you know, this external force, this gin, this genie? Or is it done using our mind? So we actually look to manipulate the material world with our mind to create an outcome. And what is that outcome based upon? You know, is it what sort of desire and attachment is it based upon? So I think that we've got a number of steps that are kind of building out with regard to this. It's kind of interesting for me because you've not just got those steps. You've actually got the outcome, the tainting of what's happening within it. And what happens when your wishes come true? Yeah, so I think it's kind of I think it's interesting because I think if we break down these different steps, there's 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 numbers of different things associated with this and how we wish nowadays as well is kind of interesting as well. You as always, you're outlining and asking all the questions that I'm actually wondering myself already. And that's a very, very good question to start with, which which is what we're wishing for. Yeah, mm. I, I was kind of doing a bit of research, just asking people around at work today. Like do do we always wish logically or illogically? Do, where where does the wish come from? Is it emotional wish? Is it something that we long desire, or is it like kind of quite quite random, or is it actually quite mythological? 
Um, to give an example, today at work, mm. there was this family who came in. I was working in the NHS. And uh, unfortunately, um, there's a young man who's at the moment quite unwell. He has mm. uh, He's going through a psychotic episode or psychotic illness called schizophrenia. Uh, so where he basically really lose touch of reality and he has all these hallucinations, delusions, paranoias, belief that is really quite affecting him quite negatively on his functionality, you know, in how he can study, how he can hold relationship, how he can function in, in a society and in the family unit. Mm. And uh, one of his family members just very, very sadly kind of ask us, well, actually kind of more like making a statement. I really wish one day, someday, with all these money and effort going into research and everything, we can get rid of this disease. And in a lot of ways, I completely agree with her because I can see how this disease or this syndrome is really affecting a lot of people, uh, you know, in their health and life. And I don't just mean people who have been affected by the illness itself, but also people around them. But on the other hand, I keep I have to think at what cost will would that come from if the wish is to come true but also what's the basis of the wish the basis of the wish is they want to change the reality and the and that means that they're uncomfortable with the reality as it is so there is a certain aspect of discomfort within the reality that makes the person want to wish which means that we need to understand what the setup of the reality is at that time that someone wants to make a wish and why do we actually make to make a wish because it means that actually something is something going well or not well within our situation that we want to actually do this. Because if you look at the framework of what's happened in that situation, someone's come in and they've actually lived with this kind of situation and watched the situation play out. And there's a vision of not having that situation. And how do we move? I wish. I, what type of movement is needed to move from one place to the other? And then what becomes involved in that? What has the power to do that? What, who has the power and what has the power to make those wishes come true? And also, what is the outcome of it as well? Which is what you're saying too. Because I think that there, there has to be a reason for us to make wishes. You know, there is... You know, why, what, what is going on in our reality that we close our eyes and we want a genie that can give us three wishes? You know, what, what is going on in our lives that actually what happens is that we wish for something different to occur? You know, and is it that actually what we're doing is we're using the construct of our imagination to create an escape route based on a fantasy about how something could actually be? And is it possible for that to then come become embedded in us and become a reality? Can it be a motivating thing to become a reality? Yeah, so it's wishing the same as goal setting or as some people will say, setting the intention. Because mm. almost we I hear a lot anyway in some of the classes that I attend to or some of the teaching I go to or business plan models and things like that that most of the time people will say you have to set an intention to this practice you have to set an intention to what you want to do because in one way maybe it's the act of saying something out loud you want something to happen you this is where you want to get to that has a power in that like for example maybe some of my patients i want to get better actually mm. that is a very very good starting point that they recognize something is not right and they need to get better and they they wish that they can get there 
But where does it come from? Where does this come from? Because an intention or a wish, where does it actually come from? Because when you're looking at an intention, if the intention comes from the mind, as we know, there's a, if I have an intention and it's caked with my, you know, I, you know, I want to take over the world, you know, that's my intention. So I have this kind of, this big kind of, desire to take over the world and and just kind of like i'm going to do this what you're talking about here is is a is this a wish is it intention where does a wish come from because i think a wish has to have an aspect to it which is kind of real i also think that a an intention is a deep underlying force that informs a wish and i want to propose something else as well is that when i kind of look through the ancient texts there's something quite interesting when we look at wishing. There's a text called the Dhyana Malika, which is a, a, a garland on meditation. It's a beautiful, beautiful text on meditation. And it says that the highest thing you can wish for is to get a glimpse of something very deep and spiritual. And so almost in a way that becomes your wish. It becomes your wish within your meditative practice, which means that you're creating a state of mind. So there's a clarity there is a subduing of the things that are hurtful to you. And the power of the spirit within you gives you that capacity to create a link. So there's a spiritual aspect within it. And so if I look at this, I kind of think about this, and then I think about how we use wishes today, how we almost create cocktails of different ideas around wishes, you know, and what wishes can actually be. Because if that's the case, if actually that it is a spiritual thing, when I asked a question to someone recently about this, they said that, you know, it's about synchronicity, about holding it in your mind without any force and without any effort. And that reminds me of meditative practice about how we come to hold something so lightly that there becomes a flow, a fluidity within this. So a wish has to be held lightly. So there is a flow and there is a movement within it, and it's got a spiritual aspect to it as well. So it's something greater, something deeper, something beyond the the kind of like the normal surface of the mind. Almost it's, it's a deeper part of the willpower. Does that make any sense? I don't know. It's just my... my is that thinking. the same as wishing, though? Because when you're saying that, I, I begin to wonder. Mm. You keep asking, where did the wishing come from? And most mm. of the example that we I, I come up with is, seems to be from a place where there's a lot of discomfort and wanting to change the reality, or at yeah. least the perception of the reality. Yeah. And that seems to be the wishing that we usually know or are aware of, like a lot of the cautionary tale that we hear or the fairy tales that we see and watch, listen to sometime. And then you talked about the spirituality where there's a wish to get a glimpse mm. of the deepest part of it. And I, it does make me wonder when you start wishing for it, does it actually make it happen easier, faster or flow nicer or actually can be hindrance to it? Because almost that when, when, when I use the terminology wishing, there is something, I don't know, maybe it's the wrong interpretation, but they're almost desperate about it. And maybe I, I, to, to give you what I mean, to explain what I mean, I, when I say, oh, wishing, it reminds me of um, a musical that I quite like. It's called uh, Into the Woods. And, <laughs> and I think the opening sequence is like, I wish, I wish, I wish. And 
almost within the first line, you can hear the desperation in those three or four characters. Hmm. And that's kind of the, the, the interpretation I often have. So I do wonder, can you wish in such a light way where you hold it in your hand or in your mind or in your heart, but so lightly that you, you just have it there and not hinder your progress at the same time? Well, what it's, I think what it says is there's different levels of wishing, isn't there? And I think that if we're beginning to sort of look at this, is that it are, is, are there wishes that are, and if I think about it from a, from let's say a, a yoga perspective, is that some people have an ability within their minds to be able to create something, wish for it, and it occurs. So they're born with this kind of ability. And then there is a, another group of people who have a particular alchemy. They use alchemy. They use magic. So, so there's lots of numbers of rituals. So if we think about the definition of something like a mantra, a mantra is a, a mystical magical formula. You know, it's an incantation. You know, it creates a wish in within the material world. And so I can use this type of alchemy. I can use this sort of understanding of the way the universe is to manipulate or change it for my benefit. I create a wish, a ritual around these things. And then there is another aspect, which is that you set yourself up for your wishes to come true by working your ass off. You know, so I think, yeah, yeah. But, but the, I think that there, there's different, so there becomes different for me, there's different roots with regard to this. And there is also, also different levels with regard to this as well, where the effect is, where the wish is actually placed. And quite often our difficulty is within the, within the material world. And I think that the understanding in the Eastern tradition is that the difficulty is the whole of the material world, whether that's a physical, the psychological, or the emotional world, and actually to get a link with something spiritual, a wish for that, so that you can get a glimpse of something more, something deeper, something special, is you know a wish that can actually happen and be fulfilled and have an impact on the material world where there is nothing but suffering according to that tradition and that approach i don't know so that's my maybe thinking and my idea around this mm. and i guess the earlier question that you posed is also interesting is is that wish going to be fulfilled by yourself or is it fulfilled by other people mm. is it is it something that like you said you can work towards rather is by almost like magic like you 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 wish for it and it happens because you have special ability or you use a concoction of incantations and procedures and rituals to make it happen or you're working really really hard to get there by any means necessary mm. or is it, as we started a podcast you know finding a bottle with a genie in it and then someone else woof, done it for us so within all of this is that we have these numbers of variables, do we do it ourselves? Is it done for us? Or is it something that actually, like you just mentioned at the very beginning, there is just flow of life that happens and by chance these things occur. And is there a synchronicity within that flow of these things happening? And actually we then attribute the fact that we've wished for it onto it. I wish for this to happen. And also, what is it within our culture where we actually look at wishes quite a lot? You know, make a wish. If you think about birthdays, you know, children's birthdays, you put candles on a cake and you just kind of go, okay, 
you have three, you've got to blow them all out in one go. So your wishes come true. There's something we, we set, I think these are just, all of these things are small rituals. And there's small rituals that are set up in a particular way for us to actually reflect, embody and get a direction within our lives. So I think there has to be a reality within the action of wishing. Hmm. Another part of that ritual often is you can't tell people about the wish, the things that you wish for, otherwise it won't come true. Hmm. Which is quite interesting because sometimes I, I, I had it, I had it explained to me once before where I, I'm not sure if this is true or not, and I haven't, I've never experimented to myself, but it's some it was something that someone else told me, mm. which is if you tell someone what your intention is, every time you see the other person, the other person is going to remind you, have you, or going to almost ask you, have you achieved it yet? Have you fulfilled it yet? And even if they don't ask it, you will still think, oh, you saw the person, it reminds you of that one. And if you haven't quite fulfilled the wish, it kind mm. of drags you down a little bit. So it's not going to be a good reminder. And that's why you have to keep the wish within. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I necessarily agree to that or not, because as I said earlier on, sometimes there's a power in saying your wish out loud as well, personally, I think. So... What about the effect? What's the feeling once you get your desire fulfilled? Because if you think about it, a wish in one way has, unless it's a very spiritual aspect of it, because again, a lot of these texts that I've read on this, where they say this about a wish or that about a wish or the other about a wish, because they, they classify the wishes in numbers of different ways. They they kind of say, and that there seems to be a, a kind of like a, a list of things that come under the heading of wishes, you know, a wish for progression, you know, so it means that something needs to move. Or also a wish for evolution, so there has to be a change for us, a wish for something to progress. It, it almost implies that there is a, a stagnation, we're either stuck in a loop or a cycle of something, you know, where actually we're just playing out a pattern in a particular way. And I wish that this pattern would play it so like groundhog day you know it's just i repeat this thing again and again and again and a lot of clients you come across actually they repeat the same things again and again and again and almost in a way we we want to wish to break it but we actually we need to begin to break it down in order to be able to understand how to break it but there's also a, a wish for evolution that appears quite a lot within some of these ancient texts to to a wish to evolve ourselves, to not remain in the same place, to not remain stagnant, you know, to not to remain static, not to remain mediocre, you know, mediocre, to actually begin to evolve. And I've seen this, this, you know, in a number of texts, particularly the Bhagavad Gita as well, and the Dhyana Malika, it's, it's, it's referring to this type of wish. And there is another wish as well, which I come across quite a bit within these ancient texts, and it's a wish to know. So it's to do with knowledge. It's to do with an inquiry, a deep inquiry on purpose. You know, why am I here? I wish to know why I'm here, what my purpose is, why, what's going on? You know, I don't, I feel lost. I feel this way. I feel that way. I wish I knew. You know, so there is a, a kind of a purpose to a philosophy in a way to fulfill this wish that is deep within someone. And there is also, I find in the texts, this idea of a wish to see. 
and, and again, this this is for me quite interesting. It's it's like it's not just about knowledge; it's about awareness. You know, because we can have a lot of wisdom, but actually, the awareness that comes with it is crucial. And so, I, I kind of I see these sort of things coming, and I, I'm I'm reflecting on them with regard to how we wish today and the way that we wish today. And there's also other wishes, like a wish for freedom. You know, you a wish to be free. And I find this particularly interesting because it, it, it's, it, it means that we feel trapped in a particular way. We can see the limitations of ourselves in a particular way. And this links back to this idea of why we create a wish, because there is a kind of a trap somewhere for us. And almost we can't navigate that trap. So we need maybe a link with an external force or a power that we can link with to help us to navigate that and to move us from that place, out of that place. And I also find one other thing that I, I find within these texts is a wish to harmonize, which is a almost this kind of synchronicity, this fluidity, this flowing of stuff. And so when I look at this, I, I look at, what's happening here and then I kind of think about the world that we are comfortable with or we operate with I think it's important to wish when you ask me what happened when the wish fulfilled that my natural answer is much less sophisticated and complicated than you've presented mine's some people will be very happy some people will be very sad <laughs> that's literally what I was thinking because some people that may be more the retrospective wishing population that you just described, which is, you mm. know, something happened naturally and they got really good results. And mm. it's like, oh, yeah, I did wish for this. Those tend to be quite happy, or at least the people that I met. That's well, everything's going well. They're enjoying the process. And they kind of just almost got reminded, oh, yeah, once upon a time, I wish of this to happen. Mm. And they're still able and allowed to kind of enjoy the process more and more and more. And then they kind of carry on and being very happy. That's the other side where I think there was a case study or several case studies that were seen together and all been presented to us before where they wish for something for a long time, maybe artistically speaking as well. They were trying to create something and then trying to have these creation being acknowledged by people like artists of different forms and in some way not being recognized and not being heard and not being seen is kind of a really big driving force for them. So mm -hmm. the wish to be seen, to be heard is kind of helping them to, to create more and even amazing stuff to, and put into the world. What happened once or twice that we have seen, or I've seen at least, is once the wish of being seen and heard fulfilled, actually they felt, oh, is this it? Oh, what now? Yeah, so they lose their power in a way. Yeah. But in fact, what you find is that, and I've seen this a number of times with people is that they 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 really, you know, like they want to be seen, like you say, want to be heard. They want to be supported or appreciated. They wish for that to happen desperately. And then the question is posed, what happens when it does happen? And we find this quite a lot is that actually there is a change in their abilities. There is a change in what's happening because the underlying drive that created them in the way that they are, like these artists, um, it suddenly changes and almost that what happens is there's a loss of authenticity within what they're doing because what powered that underlying thing and their wish came true and so in a way what happens is that do we find that it is just 
joyous when people's wishes come true? Or does it come with a whole load of other side of things, a dark side of things as well? Mm. So I don't think it's as as clear as, as you know, my wish has come true. Woo there's always a knock-on effect. You know, there is something that happens. There's there's an elation, but then there's also a reality that comes as part of this as well. Everything has changed, everything's shifted. You know, I've got my dream job. I wish for this job, I've got it. Oh my God, look at the responsibility that comes with it. Oh my, and I've got to, you know, suddenly there is a complete shift. So I think that what's happening is that we need to understand the setup within the wishing process. You know, what identities and reference points and desires and attachments are involved within this, and they become the motivational things within it. I is guess, the, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. I, I was saying, well, I guess the other part of it is also when you first make the wish, do you really understand the reality of what you're wishing for? Is it truly an end post or is it just part of the process? Mm. Is it a means to an end or is it an end itself? Because mm. when you talk about the job, I, I have a really good personal example, which is um, when I, first, I, I, I had a job once where it's a really, really good job in a good city and I you know, was really highly regarded. Um, and I was um, have some students chattering me at the time and a student I met before as well. Mm. And then he was looking at me and like, wow, so you got the job in this part of London. Wow, you're basically living the dream because that's very competitive and you got it and that's, that's it. Every, almost like happily ever after kind of scenario. I'm thinking, yeah, true. I really, really did wish for this job. But now doing it, I realize that means I have to wake up at five o'clock every morning because I have to get to work by about 6, 6.30, the latest. I have to do all these jobs and probably not leave until about 7, 8, 9 p.m., some of the time I'd hardly eat anything and most of the time I'm standing or running around the building all the, all the time. Mm. I was thinking the the reality of what I wish for and what probably he or she is also wishing for to the reality of what it means to have it is actually quite different. And I didn't spoil I didn't spoil the I didn't spoil the ending for the person. So I was just say yes and then moved on. But I, I realized if that is something that he wanted to work towards, I think, you know, I shouldn't deprive him of the privilege of finding out what it means by himself. Mm. So I spoke to someone earlier on today who had exactly the same situation. All their wishes were coming true and they felt very, quite nervous and anxious. And that interesting, it's like the sympathetic nervous system is kicking in completely utterly. Heart rate going up, tightness in chest you know a kind of like almost an excitement with regard to everything but in a way that sort of that excitement i mean how what's the knock-on effect from that and is the timing is the synchronicity of that whole thing right do we sometimes wish for things that are actually self-sabotaging us i think that's a, such an interesting question the because... reason is when you said that i remind i remember clients that I've seen previously mm. she also wished for a new job she worked really hard to get a new job because she mm. has issue with her current job there are you know the bosses weren't talking to her her hours weren't right she mm. needed part-time she needed to do this she needed to do that um she's also a person who's not very good with changes so she really struggled with changes 
but she was like, I, I need to change because once I get that, I'll be happy. The new job offered me, was it three and a half days or four days? I can't remember. Mm. Uh, it's a much better location. I met them once or twice. They're lovely. I should go there. I will be happy. It's like, okay, really support you. Um, she moved her job. She was mm -hmm. very happy. She got a few weeks off beforehand. She did a whole bunch of things to prepare. As soon as she arrived, she's like, oh my God, this colleague upset me. That colleague upset me. I didn't realize that I'm going to sit by myself or the whole time I'm at work. It's not sociable. This mm -hmm. doesn't work. That doesn't work. I have, to, I have to quit. And within a week, she quit. Yeah. And you remember the case study that we saw, um, a live case study recently. And we had mm -hmm. that that person came in and they wished for the most amazing job in central London. And they got this really amazing job in central London. And the day they turned up there, they realized that it was a complete disaster, but they were on a year's contract with six months notice. Yeah. And they knew the moment they walked in there, even though they wished for this whole thing, do you see what I mean? So I, I see, I see, I see what you're saying. I think it's quite interesting how, because I, I think this is also caught up in in this idea of imagination, and I think at the start of things is that, as I was saying, is that we've got this idea of dreams, imagination, and fantasies, and because our world, we see our world in a particular way, we want to see it in another way. We create these dreams, these fantasies. We we have this creative. So I think that wishes are also creative as well, is that we have this creative force that we combine within this. And if we wish hard enough, only if we wish, if we wish, yes, if we screw our faces up and just like this, you know what I mean? If we wish hard enough, something will change. And for me, this then instills a number of other ideas because it's to do with if I wish and sit back and do nothing apart from wishing, it might just happen. Or am I the type of person that actually has this idea of a wish, but sets myself up in a particular way? Do you see what I mean? So there becomes for me several sort of people involved in this wish type of, you know, types of people involved in this wishing process, which I think is interesting, you know? Is that, you know, like people that wish that they'd win the lottery, but then don't buy a lottery ticket. You know, it's almost that type of thing. You know, there's there's a kind of a, a sort of a very, you know, I just wish my situation would change, but I'm not going to do anything about my situation to make it change. So I think that there's also got to be a dynamicism in the wishing process and where that also comes from becomes important as well. And that will also influence the outcome and how the outcome and the taste the outcome actually has. Yeah. I was just laughing because as you were saying, you just as long as you wish hard enough, it reminds me of one of these Saturday Night Live sketch that I mm. watched years ago. I think Tina Fey played Sarah Paul, um Sarah Palin mm. um, talking to another person playing uh, Clinton, saying that you you just need to wish hard enough and you'll get it. And then so that's almost kind of complete opposite example to what you just said some people wish really hard did nothing but there's also these people who work really really hard also really wish for it but sometimes it just doesn't work as well mm. but interesting you bring dreaming into the discussion because i actually as i was you know researching through this topic wish fulfillment according to freud is also dreaming mm. as he said are uh, 
subconscious mind being really repressed by our ego and superego a lot, which is kind of like the um, the rules and regulations and boundaries being placed by our parents, by the society. And so everyday life, when we operate, we kind of suppress a lot of our subconscious desire. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I go along with a lot of this, okay? So I, I go along with I'm I'm just... I'm just Enjoy watching your face. <laughs> but the thing is, I think that we need to look to Jung, who actually kind of like says there's a little bit more than this. And so, you know, it, we can't just blame the fact that we wish on our parents. I mean, we need to kind of move on from that. No, but I, I, do, I do find it quite interesting because he, he says a very similar thing to what you said as well, because dreaming is almost like a creative force where... Yeah your subconscious at the free reign and you can do whatever you want actually part of his job is to fulfill the wish but i agree i i, I do i do like young's theories as well i think it, it has it incorporates and also it develop a lot more into different directions hmm. i'm interested in more in these outcomes of a wish because you know is it that it is lucky you know, is it lucky that this happens? Because it is it chance? Do we actually, do we, do we kind of, do we believe, you know, because, because a lot of people say, you know, how the, oh, I was lucky, I was fate, you know, it's destiny. You know, I wished for it and it happened. And, and then we put other excuses in place when things don't happen, you know, well, you know, in the whole plan of things, I'm supposed to be doing something different. So even though I wish for it, it wasn't meant to happen in this way. So we create this sort of based on our beliefs, because I think that our beliefs are caught up within the whole wishing process, aren't they? And within that beliefs within the wishing process, I think what we'll find is we'll actually find that it, there'll be a sort of like almost a deep desire that becomes involved with part of this. And my question with that deep desire is that, is it something that gets us into trouble or not? And then when we start to look a little bit more about this, when we look at the outcome, the outcome of a wish, when it does come true, will be tainted in a particular way. I think we've lost Stanford for a minute there, there Colin. I don't blame him. I would have hung up as well. I wish he could be out of there because, quite frankly, I was just boring him senseless. Um, but I, I, what I think is, I think that there's, for me, the 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 how what's tied up in the wish, our belief system within that wish, how that comes together, and then how it creates an outcome, I think is quite important. And the outcome, and our relationship with that outcome is also so interesting as well so whether it's joyous whether it's anxious whether it's that actually our narrative our story changes so much because of what's occurred is for me super interesting so give an idea i was with a client recently who all they wanted to be is supported by their mother that's all they wanted. I want to be supported. And they moan nonstop again and again and again about the fact that I want the support. I want the support. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. I wish it was there. I wish it was there. I wish it was there. But what happened is that when her mother came to support her, she didn't know what to do. 
So almost in a way, her wish had come true, completely and utterly come true. And because it had come true, she her narrative, she didn't know what to do. I find that completely and utterly interesting because I think that it affects our belief, affects the way that we are, and affects the way that we have a relationship with ourselves and our imagination. And welcome back to Stanford. Next wish, I wish for my internet to be more stable. Yeah, I, I was I was interested just saying about how it's the outcome that becomes quite interesting for me and the effect that's left afterwards. And I was saying about this lady who wished for the support of her mother again and again and again, but when she got it, her narrative had to change, but she couldn't make her narrative change. So actually she was in a very conflicted situation. Then you come into a territory of denial as well. Denial, mm -hmm. being in denial. Oh, this is only changing because of that. She's only saying this. She doesn't mean it. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying this is your lady. I'm saying these are the mm -hmm. scenarios that I've seen before where, mm -hmm. as you said, the situation has changed, but it doesn't quite fit with the narrative. So in that case, you have to change it in some way. Mm -hmm. And how do you cope with the outcome of your wishing come true i guess that would it actually is it is it a place where actually things are moving in a more low way where actually everything just move and just fit it in actually then it that becomes uncomfortable as well because we're so somewhere sometimes so used to things not moving in the right way mm. almost like Oh, where have I heard this before? Um, there, there has to be there has to be an act where there's a challenge for the hero or the heroine in before the wish can come true. Otherwise, it is not the right thing. Then we're looking at a role, and the role we actually take within all of this. Hmm. I think that's quite powerful. So it's the role and the ownership? The role and also power as well. I'm very interested in the power of the wish. Because if we go back to the genie, the genie is completely powerful. Okay, the, it, it lives, you can't kill a genie, can you? I don't know. But it, it gives you, you have a short relationship with it, and it grants you a number of different things. So you've got this powerful force that you have a short relationship with that grants you something. You have mm. to be careful of the wishes you ask. And there are a number of rules within those wishes as well. And I think that if we understand these stories is that actually we can have these relationships with something powerful, something really powerful and have a role within that, access that within our capacity. And I think that also we could ask the right questions 
mm. by asking the right questions. And if you go back to the film that you and I spoke about, is that actually how do we navigate the outcome? Mm. I was just thinking about that because, yes, genie is very, very powerful. I can't answer the question if a gene or gin can be genie or gin can be killed or not. Mm. But very often in these stories, the genie themselves will also have a wish. Mm -hmm. Either it's the wish to uh, for the owner or the person who summoned them or the master, which is sometimes the term that they use, can make the wish. That's the first wish that genie has. I wish you to make three wishes to me so that I can fulfill my role and be free. Mm-hmm. There's always, almost always, a wish that they wanted to be free as well. They want to be set free. They do not want to be trapped in the bottle anymore. Mm. And when we spoke about the movie, spoiler alert, and I think what is so beautiful about the ending was they come to a really good place where neither really have a big wish for each other. There's a relationship, but there wasn't a very intense wishing or bound, bounded wishing for each other. And that's when the re- then relationship was going to a better place. And, and this reinforces my, my pitch to you earlier with regard to that actually it is a, a spiritual thing and that it has to be held in a light way. And that there has to be a reality within this so it's not based on one's wildest dreams so the wish isn't a wildest dreams it's based on a natural reality Hmm. and to get a compromise with a powerful force and to get the idea of like you mentioned there's freedom and a wish for freedom is a very important thing i think it comes from both sides and there's a feeling of freedom within us but there's also there's a force within us that wants to be free as well so i i see i see wishes as as very important because i think that actually there's an innocence around wishes which are very close to the heart of who we are you know because they are children wish we wish as adults and i think that a wish is something very special. Whereas if a wish has a, a kind of like a, a spoiled aspect to it or a really desirous attachment aspect to it, I really wish this to happen. You know, I think that I think that, you know, on one extreme or another extreme, they it sort of it's forcing against the reality that we've got. I think there's a, a the magic occurs in the lightness of the wish that runs through us and the ritual that we create and set up as part of that. Mm. And then I think the outcome becomes very beautiful. Mm. It's quite often the wish that you want, does it really come true or does something come true that is more palatable to you? as part of your your journey Mm. so it's not a binary sort of wish it's a sort of there's a there's a you know it's not a material wish there's a there's a it's it's a feeling it's a deep it's a deeper feeling yes 
but like the example you given earlier on about parents or you know adults wanting children to make a wish it, it, it can be quite it can be there's a there's a really intense joy almost when you um when their wish is fulfilled and they're just happy and they can see yeah i was i was just saying i think yes there there is also an interesting thing about adults teaching children to wish as well because like you said a lot of the time we do it because we want children to have their wish fulfilled. So that's almost like it's really spiritual experience where there's the intense joy, their face lit up, they're really happy because all these things can actually come true and happen. There's something really magical about it. Mm. But at the same time, we, we often use something more materialistic for it to happen as well. And I do wonder why, why that is. Why do we also have the desire to fulfill someone else's wish? Because we talked a lot about about how we want our own wish to be fulfilled. Yeah, but it's also within our power, isn't it? Because if you've got a a young person, their wishes are, are kind of within a complete, complete framework. You know, those in a framework of their knowledge. And you're able to fulfill that framework. So, you know, I wish for a, a birthday cake with candles and, and these other things. And actually that's within my power to grant and they watch that person's face and their face lights up when they do that so how much power do i have in order to grant that wish you know i wish for that person to be happy and so when they say something i do lots of different things to make them happy so i become a people pleaser i want to grant their wishes so there is an aspect of power within this. Or is there a power where you can help the other person to make their own wish come true? Yes, you can. You have the power to buy them a cake, to buy them a nice toy. Or is there also power to teach the person how to bake a cake or to work towards buying their own present in some way? Because it just got me thinking. Sometimes, sometime I, I maybe that's the process of turning into an adult as well, where you realize you, you, yes, you can make your birthday wish and have something given to you, but there's also power in having the ability to actually slowly work towards your own goal, your own wish. Right. So, what is it that we want to kind of pass on each year or each Christmas? Is it a list of 12 things that you can take off? Or is it 12 things that you can work towards? Or is it actually nothing on the list, but it's something to work towards? Talking about this, Christmas, and some of these other things as well, how embedded are wishes within our society? Do we have a, you know, a wish list? Mm. You know, and, and the wish list is like we have on, on the fridge. On, yeah. But also on internet sites as well, you put it on your wish list. You want someone to either buy it for you or you put it in a place where you can buy it for yourself. Mm. So I think that this idea of wishing is, is so embedded within our society. In, I almost think that we've lost, it's, it's very material and very transactional. Mm. And with it being material and transactional, I think we lose the magic behind the whole thing. 
because I think there is a there is a, a magical aspect to wishing, which is one based on a, a quality of mind, which is a conscious mind, a meditative mind, a mind that actually we can see what a reality is and create wishes from that reality. Hmm. And to the spiritual wishing, do we need to make a list? Do we need to say it out loud or everyone's different? I don't know, because I think my practice in the materialistic wishing is much easier on, on online and everything. I can do much easily, much more easily. Well, do you think there needs to be a goal associated with it then, if there's a spiritual aspect to it? I mean, a material aspect, there is a, it's a fixed thing. You know, I, I wish for this, this and this. And, you know, if I create the right mood board in the right situation will it happen this wish come into fruition is there a, is there a kind of like a, a magic of, of how i do something or is it that actually when i'm wishing spiritually i'm wishing in a direction with mm. regard to growing with regard to understanding with regard to developing with regard to changing with regard to interacting and so it becomes a kind of a, a different sort of wishing has a so much softer aspect to the wishing it's not as defined or and maybe with... that's the magical part of it where you get to explore what you are wishing for as you go along how as you progress the the, the more you kind of heading towards the direction of what you're wishing, the more you realize what you're actually wishing for. Maybe that's part of the magic of it. But what about the rituals? What about all the way that we create lots of different magical formula and lots of different rituals? And the basis of a ritual is to cut where I am now hmm. and enter a new place. And almost a realm of wishes is a place where I can go to, where I can use or access something powerful to make something come true. There's lots of, I mean, there's so many stories of different ways of creating different magical formula, different concoctions, different potions, all of it to be able to change certain things, to use a power behind something, to manipulate beyond the norm, the way that something is. Mm. So I think within every tradition we have this, we have this capacity to, you know, create a, you know, we can use a drawing, we can use incantations, we can use fire, we can use water. And within every single tradition we have this where you can create this so that we move the elements in a way that is abnormal for them for a desire to come to fruition hmm. however always with this story there's a consequence with us changing the flow of things so almost that you have to pay something back because of this it has to be a sacrifice 
based on your desire being fulfilled. Mm. That's always a cost to every wish. Mm. Especially if you go to a, a fairground and um, yes. <laughs> In one of those horror movies. <laughs> mm. Do we do we deserve it or do we believe it when our wishes get fulfilled? Do you think we deserve it? Or do we believe it? Or do we, do we not believe it? Or don't we think we deserve it? I think that almost is like the question about is luck just luck and random or is luck actually a skill? Because I've heard both sides of the arguments as well. Some people really think luck is, a, you know, it just happens. It's just, hmm. you know, uh, some people are just simply lucky and that's all there is. They're born lucky and there's nothing you can do to, about it. You can't change someone's luck. You can't change mine if I'm lucky. Hmm. But there are people who really believe luck is a skill as well. Because you, yes, you're doing the right thing at the right time with the right person. But mm -hmm. you still have to be able to do the right thing, which is one of the key elements. So in order to actually keep doing the right thing at the right time, it is actually a skill. Mm. Um, a skill that maybe you're born with or you can acquire. I don't know. I don't have that answer. Right. So do we deserve it or do we do we do we believe it when wish come true? Both, maybe. I think some people really wish for a long time, almost can't believe. The wish can come true because mm -hmm. they've been disappointed in so many times and almost in some way as part of the disappointment in the past they have to explain it to everyone around them or have that you know other people around them have explained it to them it's like oh you're disappointed now because you know you haven't quite got there yet this hasn't quite fitted in you haven't quite got this done so maybe next time you will work so almost as adding to a little bit of the narrative is like, oh, if I just do a little bit more or if I just change a little bit more, I would deserve the wish to come true, to be fulfilled. Or I then can I can believe that it can come true. Is a wish actually a hope for, re for humanity then? Is it a form of hope? Mm. You know, because with what you just said there, it, it, it's, it's almost that... Do we deserve it? Do we not deserve it? You know, it, it's you know, we, we can only change what can be changed, but actually anything can happen. And it really can. Anything can happen in this world. And and we can set ourselves up through numbers of different routes in different ways. But actually, as a wish, is it a hope thing? Is it actually that we we have a deep it's, it's, it's a human thing it's a, it's a it's a you know it's it's part of hope that we have that things can be better they get better get better it can help us to escape it can help us to change it can i think the motivation to change mm. is a strong motivation to change from where you are maybe it's because it's uncomfortable or maybe you just simply think the screen at the grass on the other side is greener so the stories that we have you know the, the 
alchemy involved in pulling a sword from a stone of a boy who becomes king and wishes for something like this and never thought it could happen. Um, it, the genie, the bottle, the granting the wishes, the all of these different ways of interacting, hopeful interaction that anything could be possible and anything can happen are all about change, you know, and actually understanding that we can only change what can be changed. And there are aspects of things that just cannot be changed within a material world, but within an unbound or spiritual world, maybe there are things that actually can be changed that we don't know can be changed. Um, for me, what's come out of wishing is more and more that I've, I've talked to you about this. I really believe that it's an, to for the wish for a real wish, it has to have a deep spiritual aspect to it. That's my belief. Mm. I think that any other wishing, I think, is tainted. It's tainted with our fears and our desires and our attachments and our egos. Mm. And I think that actually to have a wish from a deeper place can be an aspect to set ourselves up for success in our lives. Mm. And what I'm learning is that wishing is kind of like all the other parts of our um all the other parts of our practice where in the beginning, the wishing may be quite gross. It may be quite materialistic. Mm. And as we go along the process of discovering what it actually means to have what we wish achieved or not achieved, mm. allows us then to slowly refine it more and more and more. And maybe towards the end, we can get towards the stage that you were just talking about. Mm. And I think that the effect of the aftermath of the wish coming to fruition it is different dependent on our intense relationship with it. And I think that either we have a mild relationship with it, like we're blowing the candles out and wishing for a pony, or we're having a very strong relationship with it where we're blowing the candles out and wishing for a pony. Okay. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to see you. You too.